We're back, episode five of Not The Jordan Show, where the 9320 podcast takes on some of the biggest stories in football. Before we get started, it's worth pointing out, little disclaimer, that at the time of recording, Eric Ten Hag has not been sacked. So <laughs> we won't be discussing that this week. Maybe next time, hopefully not. Anyway, Asan, good afternoon. How are you doing? So as I said off air, I, I had no idea that, that there was competitive football that was played last night because City weren't involved so I just assumed that there was no games so it's only in the last hour that I have been informed that Manchester United were not only slapped at the weekend by City but followed that up by getting slapped by Newcastle last night and apparently there is um, discontent amongst the ranks of players and unhappy dressing room wow it's this is this is uh if it weren't so Groundhog Day, it would genuinely be hilarious. But it just feels like I've lived this particular story for most of the last decade. Mm, I do take issue with you labelling what we saw at Old Trafford last night as competitive football, though, because <laughs> it definitely wasn't that. Well, you saw they the game, slapped. so you can tell me. Yeah, no, they got slapped. They uh, Newcastle were really good on the counter. United never really threatened. Um, but... I don't want to get too bogged down in the Newcastle result because this is your first appearance on 9320 since the derby. So please give us your thoughts. Mine. I um, I thought it was uh, about as comprehensive as it gets. I think that there was a point at which in the second half where they decided that they weren't going to make it a big, big cricket score. I think a lot of what this City team is about is about getting the points and getting out and not, you know, running legs into the ground and and basically not getting too intense once a game is won. Um, but in the main, I, I thought we were just genuinely brilliant. I think that some some of the seen some some comment commentary around the first half, City maybe not being that good. I I disagree. I think you know we probably could have scored three four goals in the first half. The 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 quote unquote chances that United had, they just came from silly silliness and sloppiness from City. And the silliness and sloppiness was because they were playing against a team that objectively they were looking at and going, This team is trash. And so they got a little lackadaisical in moments like, you know, Foden playing the perfect through ball to 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 Rashford and stuff like that. But other than that, we just we dominated that game from from start to finish in the best possible way um i I, i'm i'm it was just it was just delicious really it's uh it was a it was a wonderful performance and if anything i think we're moving through the gears now i think we're the stones rodri axis being back i think is really important i think now that erling's goal drought is is fully over um where where the goals are flying in clean sheet my friend we got the clean mm. sheet as well, which is something that I really wanted. Um, so no, I haven't got enough good things to say about what happened in the derby. Yeah, also oh, to add oh, to that. Oh, sorry, on. one more thing. Uh, it was definitely a penalty. I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit, bit perturbed by how Gary Neville has managed to lead the narrative around the idea that it was soft. That's not a soft penalty. That does not happen every game 
every weekend in the Premier League. It just doesn't. There's a there's a big difference between the sort of grappling that Neville's talking about and literally what that fella did, which is basically put his arm around Rodri's chest and just go, well, actually, you're not going to run, never mind, jump. That's a penalty all day long. Yeah, no, I think it looks like a foul. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine with that being given, obviously. Uh, to add to the things to look forward to as well, I really liked watching the... Bernardo Silva and Grealish link up, uh, Bernardo out, out on the overlap as well, because Oof. I've noticed recently when Kovacic has played left central midfield, he's quite reluctant to use his left, but Bernardo being there has just almost unlocked a goal, like a, a, a sort of pattern of play that we can recreate with Haaland at the back post. So I, I thought that was really exciting. And it, it was the sort of performance for me where now I'm, back itching for the next City game. I can't totally. wait for it. Totally. Um, and you know, we've seen that before last season, that the Bernardo playing the kind of left eight position and then linking up with Grealish. It's not the first time that that's happened. Um, I, I think that Pep, obviously, like we, there are so many nuances. To when a team sheet comes out, you kind of think you know what it is and then there's always so many nuances. But on that particular occasion... Um, that link, they just, they got absolutely, they got just, yeah, they just got buried down that side completely and mm. utterly. Um, and yeah, Bernardo and Grealish, well, look, I think one of the one of the big things around Jack's performance, which I think is really important, and I, I hope that the coaching staff acknowledge it, is that you can't, uh, when you leave him by himself, he's going to have four lads on him, right? And when he's got four lads on him, as frustrated as we can all get, with what we perceive to be his lack of output in moments. I think that you saw at the weekend, if you can get somebody out there to create space for him, he, he's a very, 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 yeah. very, very dangerous footballer. So that was, it was just really, like everybody, I just loved everybody's performance. I think just everybody Me turned too. it on for, for yeah. Old Trafford and, and you, can't, you can't beat that. Yeah, I thought everyone played really well. Anyway, we've had our say now because we didn't really get to chat about the derby. We've kept him quiet for the first nine minutes you know of his Not The is. Jordan Show debut. Wow. Long awaited, five whole episodes. Mr. Howard Hocking. Howard, welcome. How are you doing? Well, an honour to be invited on. Yeah, we are letting you speak now asking. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did pull out of a previous one. So, yeah, that was my fault. So, yeah, thank you for having me. No, it's Very a pleasure. Kind. Looking and, forward and to you, this. Yeah, me too. And before we get into into the bones of this episode, you've definitely had your say on the derby. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> with, with, with your monologue yesterday, as you also did the review right, I'm yeah. right in thinking. I did a couple of retweets as well. I don't know if you spotted, oh, I spotted them. spotted a few of them. Spotted what was one's Personal favourite. So. No, I've, I've kept pretty quiet about it all because I just thought <laughs> I'd be the bigger man about it and not comment, so... I would honestly say the the fallout for the match was more enjoyable than the match itself. It's just when you slap United like that, it's just joyous afterwards, isn't it? And the yeah. Carabao Cup, I'd you know I'd forgotten. Well, I'm, we're out of it, of course, and you know it's, it's the fourth tier of uh, importance anyway for everyone else too. I'd forgotten them in midweek games until like Tuesday, and I wasn't really bothered whether United won, drew, lost because it is the Carabao Cup and. If they won it again, I mean, who wouldn't really care, would we? It's They should be aspiring to far more than that, even though it was good for us. But for that to then happen as well last night is just... <laughs> honestly, 
the running joke in my monologue was that everyone, there's a lot of people at United, Ten Hag must be one of them. It's an inside job, this incompetence. There are moles at United doing this for our entertainment. There is no other explanation for this level of incompetence anymore. I I keep saying every season, I say that United could be a threat this year. Eventually, they'll get it right. Eventually, they'll get it right. They'll do this, do that, do that. And it's just the gift that keeps on giving. I just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I WhatsApp. I was writing the monologue yesterday and I WhatsApped uh, ASAD's dear Lloyd, I think. It was like, it's turning into a book. <laughs> My, <laughs> I had to stop typing stuff because I would have had to do a one-hour monologue and I've got a bit of a cold and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that and no one wants to listen to me for an hour, let alone 20 minutes. So I could have gone on for hours and hours about the... I could have gone through the, the signings, the stuff they did four or five years ago. Just the stuff in the last three weeks gave me twenty minutes material. It's it's just wonderful, isn't it? And long may it continue. Yeah, and in a way, I'm a bit. Oh, I mean, I'm, this is tongue in cheek, big time. But in a way, it's a shame it wasn't later in the season because we probably would have gone on and got six or seven. Or maybe it's a shame that Pep manages the season on this occasion because. We were in neutral, I think. For, that's Even though we dominated that second half, they were still doing it in neutral because it came so easy to them to dominate that second half. And I'd love to see us score six or more there again one day So because they deserve to, I think. That's how big the chasm is between the two teams. Well, if it carries on how it has been, I don't think we'll be waiting too long for another Old Trafford slapping. Um well, after that game, anyway, about half of our team were off to Paris for the Ballon d'Or ceremony. Seven Manchester City nominees, which is just fantastic. Um, and as a result, we won the Team of the Season award for the team with the most Ballon d'Or nominees inside the top 30. So the award went to Lionel Messi for a record extending eighth time. Ruben Diaz finished 30th. Josko Vardial was 26th. Will claim Ilkay Gundogan, who was 14th. Bernardo Silva, 9th. Julian Alvarez, 7th. Rodri came 5th. Kevin De Bruyne, 4th. And Erling Haaland came 2nd to Messi. So let's pretend that the Ballon d'Or is given to the best player in the world for their performances that year. Who do you think should have won it? Asan, I'll start with you. I mean, look, if, we, if we're going to be like properly objective about it and, and actually we remove the idea that the Ballon d'Or can only be won by goal scorers, then I think probably Rodri. I think if you look at uh. City winning the treble, um, if you look at his importance and his impact... And you look at the fact that he's caught the winning goal in the European Cup final. It's an absolute no-brainer that that Rodri, yeah, he's the guy if you want to be objective about it. Um, from a goal scorer point of view, if it, if we if it does come down to the idea that well, it's got to go to an attacking player. I mean, look, I, I'm on record as saying that I think I think Erling should have won it, and I think he should have won it not because Leo hasn't done incredible things as a footballer in in the last 12 months but i mean respectfully to leo 
Erling's come to the Premier League and done the treble and won the European Cup with Man City, a club that had been trying to win it for a decade. And the fella rocks up in his first season, breaks every single goal-scoring record in the Premier League and then goes ahead and, and, and wins the Champions League as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think the idea of the sentimental vote going to Leo because he won the World Cup, I, I kind of get it. I think I'd like to know what you two think, but for me, Messi is without question the greatest footballer ever to walk the earth. I think that he's above Pele. I think he's above the original Ronaldo. I think, you know, you, you can line them up. I think Leo stands head and shoulders above all of them. Um, and so I'm kind of okay with him getting the sentimental vote. Mm, I, I would say I pretty much agree with everything that you've just said. My personal winner was Rodri for the reasons that you gave, and also the fact he was named the player of the Nations League finals. So he's got the international element as well. Okay, it's not quite the World Cup, but he really dominated every fixture that he was in. I think there was a case for giving him man of the match for pretty much every game he's played over the last year. We've just sort of got used to his base level being consistently 9 out of 10, at least. And for me, if it was purely objective and... You know, you remove the, as you say, the goal-scoring element. I, I think Rodri has been the best player in the world over the last 12 months. I also agree with you that Messi is the best player ever. I can't claim to have seen the likes of Pele, Maradona live. However, I can't imagine anyone being as good and as effective over his career as Messi. And... While it hurts a little bit as a City fan because you want your players to do well, I don't really have much of a connection to the Ballon d'Or. I don't care about it that much, but I know that Erling would have loved to have won it, obviously. Um, I can understand the fact that they've given the Ballon d'Or to the greatest player of all time in the year that he's achieved his career dream. Um, So I'm not as mad as I, I would be in ordinary circumstances at a City player being robbed in inverting commas. Uh, but yeah, I, I do understand. I think we all we all sort of knew Messi was going to win it and there is justification in giving, in giving it to him. Howard, who would you have selected out of interest for the best player in the world over the last year? Yeah, uh, Roger. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.